Welcome to the Sports Bros Podcast, featuring the almighty B-Live, the money man, Scotty D, and your host, the head of creative, Eddie Cool. The Sports Bros Podcast, by the fan, for the fan, talking sports just the way you like it. And without any further ado, let's give it up for the Sports Bros. For the 156th time, this is another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast. That's right, episode number 156, and your boy's voice is a little bit on the fridge, but nothing some good old hot tea can fix. That being said, I go by the name of HOC, Eddie Cool, and this is, like I said before, another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast. Now, y'all know I can't do this by myself. I've tried, but it don't work, all right? I have two of the best co-hosts in the world. Introducing first, the almighty B-Live. What's happening? What's going on in the world today? Normally, you know, I come in with something witty, but I look on the other side of the podcast, and I, I don't like to see my fellow bro down and in the dumps. I know it's been a rough weekend for you. We'll get into that in just a little bit, but come on, pucker up, Buttercup. It's okay. Hey, I know there you, we go. I mean, I, I, I get it. We'll talk about it a little bit. Maybe you'll feel a little bit better after we go, go over the various topics that had your weekend just a little bit down. Mine, I'm good to go. Ah, some things could have went another direction, but hey, that's what fandom and sports is all about. It's going to be all right. Let's go ahead and Introduce the other guy. Let him sing a little something, something to the people. Kind of brighten up our spirits. <laughs> yeah. I know I know he got one for us. I know he has one for us. Speaking of the other guy, he is the pride of Washington, Pennsylvania. He is the lover man extraordinaire himself. He is the money man, Scotty D. Yesterday, <laughs> all my troubles <laughs> seem so far away. Now it looks as though they're here to stay. Oh, I believe in yesterday. Scott, this is this is a sports podcast, not a funeral, okay? Uh, it might as well be. It might as well be for uh, a certain hockey team just uh, 40 minutes up the road from me here. Uh, justice did not prevail. Justice did not prevail. We were rooting for you, man. We wanted to, man, it would have been awesome. I'm glad it rained today because the raindrops hide my teardrops. It's so hard. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, my God. So this is how we start the podcast off today? <laughs> Scotty <I> thought- D. <laughs> and in closing, do something nice. No, 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 no. It is too early for that. <laughs> It is entirely too. They'll greatly appreciate it. Uh uh-uh. oh. Oh boy. We 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 cannot have we cannot have sad sad ass money man. No nobody nobody. We gonna stop the bleeding right now. All right, I'm gonna go ahead and put that train back on the tracks. All right, y'all. It's time to get into the top of the order. All right, let's get this thing started. Here it is, the top of the order. All right, with that being said, it's the NBA playoffs, and we're down to four teams, and then there were four. In the Eastern Conference, we have the Celtics and the Heat, two teams I don't think any of us picked, 
And over in the West, we have the Golden State Warriors and another team that nobody picked. I think we picked them to take a, a early uh, postseason exit in the second round, the Dallas Mavericks. So I got a few questions here. All right. So what's the bigger story? Is it the Suns collapse, James Harden no-showing, Boston's lockdown defense, or the emergence of the Golden State Warriors? Scotty D, set the tone, chip her up, give us give us something, answer those questions. Well, this whole James Harden thing is nothing new. When he was at the top of his game winning MVPs, he was nowhere to be seen in deciding games, game sixes and game seven. So that that's to me, that's not even really a, a story. Um, I think it's I don't know. <laughs> I, I think it's Phoenix. I mean, this is the best team. Early Sunday afternoon, we saw the Bucks, the champions from a year ago, basically lay an egg against Boston. And just when you think it couldn't get any worse, the team that they defeated in the finals, Phoenix said, hold my beer, watch this. And they went out and didn't even show up. That was embarrassing. That was an absolute embarrassment. Imagine working all year to have home court advantage. And when you finally, it pays off for you, you get, a game seven, you find yourself down 50 points. Mm. And, and and at halftime, they had like 27. I mean, wasn't that what at halftime? That should have been what you have at the end of the first quarter on a on a conservative night. They <laughs> yep. could not score. Chris Paul looked, I know it it came it came out that he's hurt, but he's hurt every year this time of year. Something happened to this guy every single year. Um I don't know if Booker ever really recovered from his injury. Maybe he rushed himself back. He wasn't himself. That Phoenix team did not look at all like the team we saw last year in the finals or even in the regular season. But they didn't even put up a fight. I can understand losing because right now Luka looks fantastic. He's carrying that team. And he he did have some some help from guys who normally don't play as well on the road. But Phoenix, what what are you doing? You got to do better than that. At least, at least lose by a dozen, lose by twenty. You're down fifty wow. in the biggest game of the season. Oh, that was that was that was to me the the biggest takeaway of the NBA weekend. I I, I for me personally, what about you, B. Lads? I absolutely have to agree because there there were certain elements in the other games that we could we saw the writing on the wall. We saw the Milwaukee Bucks. They desperately need Chris Milton. That's just clear as day. Or somebody yeah. else. So somebody, but Chris Milton would have been that person. Sure. It yeah, would have been sure. that person. Yeah. And so, like, they, it, was, it was just, they, they would have won that series if Chris Milton was in there. And I'm not discounting Boston whatsoever. They are a dangerous team. And they're going to be really dangerous moving forward. But I just thought that Milwaukee would have beaten them with Chris Milton. I mean, the Golden State Warriors won against a team without their star, even though they, they even though Memphis was really good without him. I mean, and then, I mean, James Harden being James Harden, 40, I, I'll get into it just a little bit because we're going to discuss a little bit. But the, the biggest takeaway, clearly, I want to say on the other end, because I, this was more about, Luka Doncic. We wrote off Dallas in the first I wrote him off in the first round because he was hurt, and I thought Utah was going to go ahead and close it out before Doncic um, came back, And but Utah 
they, that's a whole nother um off the books off season. They got they got to think that for real for real. Wait, that 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 um Donovan Mitchell Rudy Gobert thing it ain't working. But there's a few other things that just isn't working. I'm gonna tell you also what's not working, and I hate to say it. Chris Paul in the postseason, Chris Paul in Game Seven, Chris Paul is just they. He's he's getting tired. They're meeting him. They're meeting him as soon as he touches the ball in the back. Um, um, at, um, before half court, and he they're just wearing him down to the point where he's he's become a liability. To the point where a lot of experts are saying that maybe he should have been on the bench. They could they should have went younger. But let me just let me put it this way. We're gonna talk about the other games, but let me put this in comparison. The Phoenix Suns scored 90 points in that um game seven loss, game seven master. The Mavericks backcourt, just their backcourt combination of Luca, Jalen Brunson, and Spencer Dinwiddie scored 89 points. That was just their backcourt. Wow. The Suns' backcourt, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and Cameron Payne scored 26 points. The Mavs outscored the Suns' backcourt by 63 points. Mm. That's that's embarrassing. Unbelievable. So I'm not putting this all on Chris Paul, but he is the lifeblood of that team. And just the ball goes through him. He is the energy. He is the veteran on that team. And nobody else could pick up that slack. It was, it was, I was, I kept looking at this like, there's no way. There's no way this team won 64 games in the regular season. There's no way. It, 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 was, it wasn't good. It, it, that, was, that was disgraceful. In the first half, 57 to 27. The Suns had 27 points. You know who else had 27 points? Luca. First half, 27 <laughs> points. He had 27 points by himself. Spencer did when he had another 20. Man, I've, I've never seen anything like it. I just, I, it was an embarrassment. Dinwiddie ended up with 30 and Brunson with 24. So that there you go with your your Mavericks team getting production from other guys on the road. I mean, and that was a criticism about them early in this series. I think Phoenix was up to nothing in this series. And it looked like they were going to run Dallas off the out, right on not right on out of the postseason. But and it looked like Luca was having to do everything. Well, now he's getting production from other guys. And and it, it makes him look like a more well-rounded team, which you're going to need. Because I actually think the Mavericks should get a, a, a bye into the finals because I don't think Golden State should be allowed in because they lost by 50 the other night. What kind of what kind of performance is that? That was that was shameful. Shameful to, to lose by if they didn't lose by 50, they were at least down 50 at some point. So I think they should be automatically eliminated for that. They shouldn't be allowed <laughs> to, to go on. They, they should be eliminated, and James Harden should be suspended for like two years because I think he shot the ball <laughs> twice twice in the second half. They they paid him all that money and get rid of all his draft picks and players to get him, and he shot twice in the second half. Uh, uh, come come on, Harden. I mean, even by his own choking standards, that was that was ridiculous. I'm gonna put it this way: just a, just a piggyback off of that James Harden thing. 
three of your top contracts, player options, mind you, this coming year, are by the lights of the names of Russell Westbrook, John Wall, and James Harden. These three are slated with player options, mind you. They are guaranteed. All they have to do is put pen to paper. This their option. They want to stay with their respective teams. $47 million plus for, and this could be, I think John Wall may be upwards to $50 million. Just, and the, the, the mere thought that somebody I even heard on today that, oh, that some, some team is still going to sign James Harden for the max. Wow. No, no, no. Bro, they're, not giving, they're not giving him max. I no. mean, like I said, he, he was, he never brought it home whenever he was in his, in his prime. Now he's slightly overweight. He's out of shape and he's not going to get better in game six and seven clinching scenarios at, at his age with that much mileage on him. Now he's, it's, I mean, his, his thing was always like the, the step back or, and the, and the option to blow by guys. And he doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. And he never really played defense. So you're not giving that guy a max. If you do, you're fired immediately you're fired before the ink is dry if you give you know, give him a max it's gonna be interesting to see how the, how philly does this because he can option he can take that 47 for one year but are they going to want to give him like an extension and, and sign long term because i don't think it's working like we it's thought working, it was going to it's not working anywhere and i don't see it no possibly. he's not a max player he's he's past that he's past that well i just there's something I'm, I might need to research a little bit more, but it just seems like there's something going on with these NBA contracts. There's something in the writing, whatever. <clears throat> I don't know. But did, none of those three players deserve their paycheck whatsoever. And two shots? Yeah. It was sloppy. It was lazy. $44.3 million. And kudos. Kudos to Joel Embiid. He ain't hold back Nathaniel. He ain't hold back nothing. James Harden, bro, this is, yeah, we clearly don't have the James Harden back in Houston Bay. Clearly. And he said that verbatim. I was and like, give yep. credit to the Heat. Give credit to the Heat. I mean, they, they took it from him. That's like the quietest good team we have remaining. But if you notice, all these teams, none of them are super teams. The Lakers, Anthony Davis, LeBron, the Clippers, Paul George, Kawhi, the the Nets with you know KD and Kyrie. None of those teams got anywhere near the level that these teams are. And the Milwaukee, the defending champions last year, who I was really excited for last year because they played good team ball. Like you said, they might have been an injury away from going back to the to the Eastern Conference Finals because they had a good chance, you know, to clinch it in our, on their home court on Friday night. And Jason Tatum wasn't to be stopped on that night. Like the, the Jason Tatum roller coaster, we're, we're back on it again. I mean, it's just up and down with this guy, but when he's on, he's really, really good. That's, that's been the thing with him. He's been really, really good. And Friday, every time Milwaukee was surging closer, he would, he would push him away. Now on Sunday, it was not just him. It was, uh, What's the other the the little you, guy that shot you, like his, his car high? Grant Williams. Yes, Grant, Grant Williams. Williams. Grant yeah. Williams. It was the he Grant went, Williams show. He went seven for eighteen for three point range, and Jason Tatum even said in the post game interview, "He's like, bro, don't don't expect to shoot that much again. 
<laughs> hey, 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 little buddy, little buddy. Hey, thank enjoy, you. Your day. enjoy your day. <laughs> well, you see how they, well, you see how they played them, right? They was like, look, don't let Tatum and don't let Brown score. But what they forgot is Grant Williams. I mean, he didn't do a whole lot during the regular season, but I think I heard on one of those talking head shows that the average this is in feet as far as like defense from a defensive standpoint between Grant Williams and um, the next defender was a whopping nine feet. See, I, I don't, I don't get that. I don't, I don't understand that because in this modern day of the NBA, everybody wants to shoot the three guys yeah. are driving. Mar- Marcus smart was going up for a layup and instead of laying it in the rim, he throws it back outside. So why are you not just defending the perimeter? Let, let players play one-on-one. And if you get taken to the rim, okay, go ahead and give up the two because your analytics said that's better than giving up the three anyway. I would just I would play perimeter defense a little bit stronger. I wouldn't I wouldn't be collapsing in on guys that are that are getting the ball inside because they're not going to shoot it. They're going to turn around, and throw it out, and they're not used to shooting it from that short now anyway. It's 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 an outside game. It's a three NBA is a three point shooting contest. Uh, I don't like. It. <laughs> I'm I, I you know what drives me insane because this again, I'm the I, I, I grew up in a whole different era when you got a fast break. You go towards the basket. You go to you like you two on one, three on one, three. You go towards the basket. Every single fast break I've seen, you've got one guy in the middle, two guys standing at the three point line. You. What happened to the good old days when you wanted to dunk on somebody? Well, yeah, I wanted to yam it on somebody. (laughs) Yeah, you're drag across somebody's face. the art, of the, the art of the layup is just a beautiful thing. Two easy points as opposed to taking a chance and the NBA as a whole shoots 30%. I'd rather have a 95% chance shot as opposed to a 30% chance shot to Reaching get to one, one more point. Come on. That, it, that makes no sense to me. I understand if you're dishing in, out, half court, boom, boom, somebody's open, three-pointer. Hey, shoot that all day. Yeah. But when you've got a man man advantage on a fast break, and I've seen them, I've seen so many air balls and bricks and all kinds of mess <laughs> on those fast breaks that should be easy two points, and you got nothing because you want to take a chance for it. Man, I could talk about this all day. Okay, but- so who do we like to go to the finals then? Who do you like in the East? Who who, who are we like in Heat versus Celtics? Ooh. I'm I I got it. Hey, in the East, I'm going Boston in seven. This is going to be a hard fought, low scoring affair. They have home I, court. Boston has home court, right? No, mm, Miami does. Miami, Miami has home court. Miami was the number one seed. Miami was okay. the number one seed in the East. That's and right. Okay. I, but I think honestly, Boston has learned so much about themselves. It's like I think they're going to do to um, Jimmy Butler. The same that they did to Giannis. They're going to make somebody else on Miami win it for them. And I just think at the end of the day, I think Boston's role players are just better than Miami's role players. They're going to play defense on them. But I, I think I, I agree with you. I, I, except I like him in six. I think they'll steal one of Miami and, and seal it at home in game six. How about you, Eddie? What'd you, what do you like there? Huh, let's see. Man, this is a tough one to call because, as we said at the beginning of the playoffs, we didn't expect Miami nor Boston to get this far. Uh, remember, Boston was a pretty bad team at one point in the season. Like, 
Yeah. They stopped. Early, they were bad. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> very early, very bad, but they managed to turn around. Uh, Scotty D, your guy, um, Bruce Pritchard, Percy Pringle. Yeah. Percy Pr- Pringle. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah yeah Pritchard he shot a few threes and um <laughs> I I think that Boston is riding a wave of momentum. They're riding a high wave of momentum and I and I think it's gonna be Boston and seven. It's gonna be tough. We're gonna see some fighting. We're gonna see some elbows throwing. It might get real chippy. We're gonna see Marcus Smart and Jimmy Butler get physical, get each other in each other's face like fool. What you want? Smart. Smart's gonna be out. Might be out for game one. He, he he's got a bad foot. It's not. He's questionable. He, he might still get to play, but mm-hmm. um, but Boston, I think, has already proved they can afford to have a couple of down nights because they have been, like you said, they kind of gelled together here in this postseason. And mm-hmm. if they have a down night, it's not gonna, you know, it's not gonna derail them. I don't think. I look at it this way: Boston's already taken down KD and Kyrie. Then they turn around and take down Giannis. Giannis, yeah. Jimmy yeah. Butler. The, I'm the, no disrespect to him whatsoever, but I mean, KD but they might, but, but yeah. this team's more well balanced though. This team is more well balanced than these other teams. So I, I, it, it's going to be tough. It's not going to be an easy cakewalk. But I, I kind of like them. So we all like we all like Boston, right? Yep. The wild card for Miami is going to be Tyler Hero. Yeah, I think yeah. If, if he if he if he's he got to make shots. Like, yeah, if he balls, he gives he gives Miami a much better chance. But yeah, if they like, but Boston here's here's the thing: Boston's the number one defense for a reason. One thing I like to say more than anything: it's a beautiful thing. I'm gonna go ahead and report this: defense wins championships. Mm-hmm. Defensive rating for this year: Boston was number one, Golden State was number two, Miami was number four, and Dallas was number seven. Ooh, defense wins championships. I love it. Even though the, even though these teams also like Boston been shooting a lot of threes, Golden State you know will put up the three point ball. At the end of the day, them teams they do know how to play defense. So I'm, I'm said, who do you like in the West then? Uh, let's see, who do I like in the West? Uh, Golden State, Golden State. I'm picking them to come out the West, and they, they'll probably do it in six. Golden State in six. I'm going. You know, Golden- it, it, if if Dallas plays like they played on Sunday, they'll win. That but that's a big if to ask that production from all those players again. Golden uh, Golden State best player didn't play the best on Sunday. Clay Thompson was their best player, or, or on on Saturday. I think it's Saturday's when they clinched. Mm-hmm. If he's clicking, then you're not beating Golden State. There's too many. There's too there's too many high level weapons for Golden State. I think so. I, I'm going with them. I'm going. I'm going Golden State in the six for a different reason. I think. I think Draymond Green is just a different animal. I think he's going to find a way to lock lock down Luca. Luca is Luca is putting himself. He's making a name for himself in these playoffs. They're like, which is ridiculous. He's got to play a lot more playoff games, but he's got the second highest playoff points per game. In the history of the NBA, with qualifying with five games, some mess, some low number, just to make Luca look a little bit better than what he is. But of course, number one is um, is people, some people's greatest of all time, Michael Jordan. Mine's still Kareem. I said what I said. But um, Luca, I, I just think Draymond Green gives Luca problems. He'll he'll, he'll take that challenge upon himself too. He'll enjoy. Mm-hmm. So he'll he'll enjoy that that type of matchup because Draymond's at a point 
he got too many high level scores around him. He don't even have to. He didn't even care about scoring at this no, point at all. He's a at he's a good ball. passer. He can distribute the ball, but you know, and and take a, a couple buckets here and there. He he's he doesn't care about scoring. He's he'll 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 be worried about getting under Lucas' skin. You know, messing with him a little bit, try to throw him off his game. And there's value one, in that, man. Yeah, he's got one job. It's the lockdown. He's literally got one job. He'll distribute on the other side. His IQ, basketball IQ, is one of the highest in the league. Mm-hmm. People don't want to admit that, but Draymond Green knows what the hell he's doing. He knows what his job. He will definitely understand the assignment when it comes to this. Warriors and six. All right. I say Warriors and six. B-Live say Warriors and six. And Scotty, do you say Golden State and six as well, too? Sure. <laughs> All right. I didn't think about the volunteers. Yeah, I like Golden State to advance. I think it's Golden State and Boston. I think we we've all picked that. So um two weeks, get ready for Miami Dallas. <laughs> yep. Oh boy, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, you know how, how how we like to pick things and it goes the complete opposite direction. <laughs> Jay Wright, come back. Oh yeah, Jay. You gotta come, come back, man. Come back. Yeah. And that good. does it for the NHL discussion as well. Moving right along. <laughs> All right, well, speaking of the ice, uh, let's go on to the NHL playoffs. That's right. Round two is underway. All right. And in, in the East, we have the Panthers, the Battle of Florida, the Tampa Bay Lightning on their quest for a three-peat versus the best team in the league, one of the best teams in the league, the Florida Panthers. Over in the West, we got the Blues and Avalanche. And um, in the East, we got the Rangers and the Hurricanes. The Max Congratulations. Thank Congratulations, Hurricane, Hurricanes Thank fans. Congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate it. And we also have the... <laughs> Oilers and Flames as well, too, in the Western Conference. Please tell me you got this on gallery view. It is on gallery view. (laughs) It is on gallery view. Scott, we're going to make this real short and real sweet. No, we're not. (laughs) I will say this, this, though. Um, I'm not not going to do it. That that Rangers and Penguins series was a tough one. It was. Uh, a, you think? It was. You a, think? It was a real tough one. They had like what six overtimes, injuries. It was. A, it was a tough series, man. It was just hockey. It's playoff hockey, man. Ooh, they're up three to one. Mm. Yeah, uh, if you guys remember when we we were talking about going into this, I I thought the Penguins might get swept because they had played so terrible in April, and I said they they hadn't been able to beat the Rangers, and then they find themselves up three one, and in the middle of game five leading two to nothing cruising. There's no life in the Rangers whatsoever. And then Sidney Crosby got knocked out. They get, they, they squandered a two goal lead, lost that game, go back to Pittsburgh again, squandered two goal lead, lose that game. And then it's deciding game seventh up a goal with five and a half minutes to go and can't hold the lead again. Uh, you know, it's, it, it makes it tougher to be that close than, had they got swept like I thought they would, or if they had lost in five, I would have said, okay, the Rangers were decidedly better. But the Penguins, they, 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 were, they were that close. They, you know, it doesn't help when you have a third, your third goalie in, a guy who didn't play at all this year. Maybe I think he had like two appearances in the, in the regular season. Oh, uh, Louis, Louis Domingue. Louis, Louis Domingue. Domingue, yeah, he's there's a reason a guy like him has been in the league 10 years and been up and down and and, and not stick. He's a journeyman and he's an emergency goalie and, and he played like one. I mean, he didn't play terrible. He didn't play very good either. Um, and losing Sidney Crosby seemed to take the wind out of their sails in game five. Now, they 
again, they come home in game six and had a two goal, two nothing lead. Couldn't score on five on threes. Couldn't score in power play. Gave up shorthanded goals. So you can't necessarily blame it all on one guy. I mean, losing Sidney Crosby, there, there has to be other guys to step up. You figure NHL players that, that play a lot, they play 22 minutes, 24 minutes, sometimes like something like that. So that's a third of the game. I mean, two thirds of the game, other guys have to be, help your stars win in, in, when it comes to to hockey and the penguins did not play good defense at all through this. They did play, they played terrible on special teams. I will say this though, as far as the Sidney Crosby thing goes, I'm, I've always thought Gary Bettman was maybe the best of the NHL commissioners, but I was really disappointed that in the first game, Ricard Raquel, the penguins got headhunted, knocked out of the game. He didn't play again until game seven. Mm. And that warranted a two minute penalty, no suspension. Sidney Crosby's, gets knocked out he misses the rest of game five all of game six comes back in game seven his hit not only was not penalized but no, no suspension no, no no retribution or, or you know no repercussions you're you're asking teams for to create their own retribution in that that scenario whenever you're getting guys taking out taken out by the head they're, they're getting head on it and now if a referee misses it okay i get it a lot of action a lot of things going on but when you go back and review the tape, you see Crosby's head down playing the puck and a guy's elbow wings up from the side. It wasn't a natural contact. He wings up and he hits him in the, in the head. Something should have been done about that. You know, I, I'm of the opinion, same thing as in the NBA when we had the clothesline situation on Gary Payton. If you knock a guy out, you don't get to play till they come back. That's the way I feel about it. If you're going to headhunt a guy and concuss him to the point that he can't play, you don't get deserve to play either. And that's just, I, don't know, I, was, I was a little bit disappointed. I'm not blaming the loss because, again, when you're up two goals to none in multiple games and you can't hold it, that's your own fault. But the, 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 the head of the league, they should have done more about that situation. And that's all I have to say about that. And in closing. As I know, so once again, there you go. See, one the difference between your series that you paid attention most of and the one we um, I paid attention most of on um, the Boston Carolina series is that they couldn't keep the whistle out of their mouth. That, I mean, the amount of penalty minutes they were throwing around yeah. Boston Carolina. Good Lord. But, hey, I, I'm going to say this. Carolina, um, I'm going to need y'all to win a home. I'm, I'm a road game. Yeah. So I mean – I'm I'm glad that we got home well, advantage again, but I was I, not- I I do think Carolina is better than the Rangers, and I thought they were significantly better than Boston. I, I thought Boston played a heck of a series from what I was watching of it. Just just because they had been blown out by Carolina in the regular season whenever they played them, I think they yeah. they lost probably like three goals a game every time they played them. So credit to them for playing that well. Carolina to me. Uh, they, they seem a little bit more seasoned. New York, to me, looks – they're, they're young and fast, and I think that, that was their advantage over Pittsburgh, the, the youth and speed, which they won't have that advantage over Carolina. I think Carolina's just a more well-rounded team. That's, that's the sense I get, having watched the Penguins play both of those teams. I, I think we come over – I think we come over our road um, woes. I, I have Carolina inside. That's not fandom in me. That's not being a fan. That's looking at this. Looking at what's happening on the ice, um, Anti Ranta is doing. It's a beast in the um in the goal. I think Carolina knows how to lay down the wood. They will hit yeah. you. They will. They hit will hit you. you in the mouth. That's with an F. Mouth. Carolina will hit you and they will hit you hard. 
I love the pace that they play the game. Um, Carolina, I believe that um, they'll win that one in five. Florida, Tampa Bay, I think Florida does stop the rain. I think Tampa Bay has won enough. They didn't won Super Bowls, World Series, Stanley Cups. Tampa Bay, nah, yeah, we got we got to cut all this mess out. Well, we'll get the Tampa, we'll get another thing in Tampa Bay in another point in time. But yeah, I, I tell you though, it, worse the the only fans probably are feeling worse than me and Penguins fans. Or Toronto Maple Leafs fans because oh, they oh, they had a three to two advantage, a chance to win it on the road. Oh God! I believe they lost in overtime in Game Six, or it was a one goal game. I can't remember. And I watched it. I watched so many games lately. And then <laughs> to have Game Seven at home and not be able to to get it done. And what is how many years? I forget what they, they said since they've been out of the first. They they can't win a playoff series they, either. They can't. And that's they can't get out of the first round. Can't get off right. that, that, oh, that, that, that's that's, that's, not, a, that's one of the more rabid fan bases in all of sports is, is Toronto hockey. They are die hard loving their team, and they just they are. I remember actually when Tampa scored the the goal in Game Six, the look on the faces of the of the Leafs. They were had the, like the outdoor you know watch party. Mm. They looked they looked just sick for a different reason. Than me when the, when the Penguins lost Game Six, I said, well, they're going back to New York. New York's got all the momentum. Toronto at least had a home game in seven. They have to be stunned up there that they didn't get out of the first round again. So I, I feel bad <laughs> so, for those so, guys. Toronto there. fans were looking just like the Phoenix basketball fans during that <laughs> yeah. debacle. Jesus. That, I, if, I'm just hey, saying. fell Phoenix, asleep. Yeah. Phoenix owner, whoever the owner of the Phoenix Suns, give everybody their money back. Mm-hmm. Everybody that paid money for that game, <laughs> you give them their money back. Because that was a shamble. But I. I digress. I digress. And speaking of a bunch of money, um, <sighs> Tom, Edward, Patrick, <laughs> Carmichael, speaking Francois, Matthew, Barnaby, Johnson, <laughs> Gilmore, the mother effer got a $375 million deal over 10 years to talk about football. To talk about football he hadn't even made that much of his career the mf does it again go ahead i know you're dying to talk about this be live go ahead i'm letting you get first on this what, yeah, what, what do we think about that man what the hell is going on really what are we doing i'm i'm just going to say it this is simple <clears throat> as best as by possible can um giselle tom brady don't appreciate you at all i i i, I think you <laughs> You know what? I, I, I'm here for you. I will be home for you. He he could go on and do his Fox Sports and all of that. I, I got you. I got you. We don't need his money at all. I I will do whatever you want me to do because he clearly don't appreciate just being at home. How do you, how do you even sign something like that? I understand. Like he's he, never done it. Man, he's never done the, it. The man retired. Sat at home for a couple of months and said, you know what? I want to play football again. And he was like, you know what? I actually retired to actually not really retire because I wanted to go play in Miami and be a part owner of the team. And, got, and then that didn't work out because then Brian Flores didn't have wanted to have nothing to do with it. And Sean Payton was supposed to come down. But now he ends up back at Tampa Bay. But um, Bruce Arians said, no, I don't want anything to do with it. 
But then you know what? Fox Sports says, you know what, Tom? After you get done, whatever that may be, because we don't even know when he's going to retire, you've got a job right here at Fox Sports to talk about football making 37 and a half. You know what? I'm canceling my cable right now because somehow, some way, I feel like I am paying for some of that salary. Fox Sports, where are you getting this money from? Good God, from everything on the map. I, I know it's short on time. This, uh, it, it doesn't make sense because, first of all, he's never done it. Mm-hmm. And, and all you have to do to figure out if I that can, if it could, to- be, could be a mistake is, is look at is look at uh, NBC. They're already done with Drew Brees after one year. He's he told, already out. He told, They're he already done. Come, he want to come in and play football. And speaking of done, this segment is done. And with that being said, <laughs> fellas, guess what time it is. It better be a better time than Tom Brady making that much freaking money. That's all I got to say about it. It sure is. It is time once again for our favorite part of the show, the choices of the voices. And with that being said, hey, old button, hit it. Choices of the voices coming up next. 375 million. What effing cut? What? <sighs> Coming up next. And now, our favorite part of the show the choices of the voices. Once again, thank you to the wonderful and ever. So loving this button for introducing our favorite portion of the show. You heard a woman. It is the choices of the voices where we ask y'all a question. Y'all give us the answers. And then we talk about it right here on the choices of the voices. With that being said, Scotty D, what's on tap for this week's choices of the voices? Uh, just we're asking our uh, listeners to give us some like fairy tale kind of endings or, or situations in sports. Some things that happened that were too good to be true. Um, as a pirate fan, someone threw this one up my way earlier. My uh, the athletic director up at, at Trinity High School, where I work, Mr. Ricky Rich, who's also a pirate fan, suggested that Sid Bream's game winner against the Pirates in 1992 somehow should be included in this fantasy world. Uh, because he said he wasn't running well, Bream was injured or something, could barely run. He scored from second base and bonds through the ball. It was the worst sports moment of my life. It was the most heartbreaking. I, I chose that when we asked that question a couple of years ago. So uh, bad answer there, Ricky Rich, to go with Sid Bream and the Braves as the, uh, the, the, the feel good, too good to be true, almost fairy tale like thing happened. I hated that one. So, uh, but sh- shout out to you anyway for trying. Anyway, so, <laughs> but Eddie, cool. What else do we get here? Who, who, who said what on this week? All right. Shout out to Rick. Shout out to him, shout out to him. All right, here we go. So we got Ricky, Ricky Rich, Ricky Rich, my man, Ricky, Ricky Rich. Pretty Ricky, 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 Ricky Rich. Shout out to Ricky Rich. All right, we got <laughs> terrible Pete Tulansky for the first time in forever. Terrible Pete, what's happening, baby? How you doing? We love you. We miss you. He said it doesn't get any better or more fairy tale than Jeter's walk off hit on his final at bat in Yankee Stadium. Man, that was a, yeah. that was an incredible one. That was that that was as good as any as you're going to find on this list because it was, it, I mean, it was in Yankee stadium. If I'm not mistaken, the Yankees were, they were going to pull Jeter from that game. So he could walk off the field with a standing ovation. And I don't remember if it was Dave Robertson, or one of the relievers gave up, uh, uh, I think it was a home run and the Yankees fell behind and 
Then Jeter gets another another at bat and gets the game winning hit, hits it into right field where he did his whole career, and the Yankees win. And and Jeter is a hero. That was incredible. I, I remember that whole night, even like when they were playing the national anthem. Jeter was crying. I was crying. Kept getting goosebumps every time he would get come up to bat. It was incredible. So that 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 was a great answer. I thought the the Derek Jeter one. Yeah. Oh yeah, they, you can't beat that. Love it or hate them on the Yankees. That you. Derek Jeter had just one of those storybook careers, and to, to cap it off just like that, absolutely. And most absolutely. people didn't hate him either. People always mm-hmm. hate the Yankees, but liked him. You know. Yeah, I know one person. One person they did not like them, Johnny Damon. Jesus, who does that? Hey, <laughs> Rod. Jesus, good old, good old Captain Caveman and um, Mr. Real Estate yeah. Guy himself. All right, moving right along, we got our baseball guy, our Tim Kirchin, our Buster Olney, our Jeff Passan, Hunterson Bowley. He says Tyler Naquin inside of the park, um, inside the park walk off home run f- for the then Cleveland Indians, now Gladiators, and also Nick Swisher walk off grand slam in extra innings. I had a chance to see both of those moments on television. Whoo, whoo! I don't and remember it, the inside the park one. I I didn't watch. He posted a video. I should watch it. I did. I did not see that one. No, oh, it was nice. It was nice. And the way he celebrated the end, he was like, "Yeah, Tyler Naquin." It was a good one. Indians, really? gladiators, guardians. Yeah. <laughs> you, you say gladiators. I'm like, yeah. gladiators, <laughs> guardians, <laughs> Co- commanders, <laughs> the, the baseball team. Cleveland oh, baseball team. <laughs> yeah, the CBT, the Cleveland baseball team. Now, I could have, I could have ran behind that. <clears throat> I could have. I still got to figure out about the Guardians roller derby team. I, I need to still do some more research about that. You don't hear nothing about that anymore. It, it, it is the Guardians. They're the baseball team now. Yep. They've you know, moved on. They don't own that name. Yeah. <laughs> like, let, me, let me go ahead and get that off your plate. You, you, y'all going to have to do something about that. <laughs> here, go, here go 10.5. We got a logo we about to put on the stadium. Here you go. Come up off it. Thank you. Love you. Bye. That's how the deal went down. All right. We got Joy Jacobs. He said NC State winning the national championship in 1983 on an air ball shot that turned into a game winning dunk. Iconic. Jim Balvon at run around. Yep. 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 Yeah, it's easy. Too easy. I got somebody. <laughs> Everybody's hugging somebody else. He didn't have a hug partner, but he sure was running like he did. That was crazy. Yeah. Oh, I want to hug me somebody. Boy, he was running around. I love it. <laughs> love it. Great Jimmy V moment. Yep. Never quit. Never give up. All right. So here we go. Uncle Max, he gave us a long one, but as always, when it comes to the Hall of Famer, it is worth reading. And be live, you ain't worth two dead flies. <laughs> I can't help it. I just, right. read the, I just read the first four words of the sentence. So the, I, I could. I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. Pay me no attention. When I was young. <laughs> All right. So Uncle Max said, when I was young, my father took me to see the see the then Birmingham Athletics. There was a period of time when Reggie Jackson played there. I remember in at bat when Reggie swung at a pitch and fouled, breaking the bat, where the end of the bat sailed into the stands right down, um, right down for me, almost hitting it. Almost hitting, hitting a kid. kid. I'm sorry, almost hitting a kid if it wasn't for his father deflecting it. Ugh. Just imagine a um a, a, a supersized splinter coming at you. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. no. Mm-mm. Reggie jumped into the stands to see if the kid was okay. 
Uh, he was, and Reggie promised to hit him a home run. Sure enough, on the next pitch, Reggie knocked it over the center field fence. The kid was interviewed at, after the game and made, and made the local news. Now, I know this isn't quite the magnitude of Babe Ruth calling the shot against the Cubs in the World Series, but it's still a wonderful story from the minor leagues, something I will always remember. Thank you, Uncle, Uncle Max, for a wonderful story. That's a great story. That oh, is absolutely. fantastic. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, absolutely. Like that, that is the definition of storybook. That is that is a fairy tale. I, yeah. That kid, I'm pretty sure that kid will remember that for the rest of his life. And Uncle Max, we do greatly appreciate um, you sharing that story with us. Please don't mind my shenanigans. I promise you. It's nothing, absolutely nothing but love. I try. I'm going to therapy. Uh, um, you you know, it's, it's, it's love. It's nothing but love. I can't. You ain't going to that therapy. <laughs> Rotary phone ring a bell. All right. I, I tried to scroll past that. I really did. I I, I went. I was like, oh, come on, just scroll. Just leave it alone. You've been doing good. I couldn't. I really couldn't. Uncle Max, you. you uh, uh, Uncle Max, uh, uh, Uncle Max, he's like us when it come home and chicken ball. He can't help himself. <laughs> he can't help himself. Daddy can, all right? Move right along. We got Joey Buggers, Joe Gaffkin. He said, when Cal Ripken broke Lou Gehrig's consecutive games played streak, before we had the Nets, I was an O's fan. Oh, yeah, that was fun. They had numbers up against the um, the brick um, brick building right there. and. Mm-hmm. and- that was yo, oh yeah, that Hold was it down. Oh yeah, that was yeah, iconic Cal Ripken Jr. Um, Cal Ripken Jr. was actually um made a visit here in um Fayetteville, actually made a pit stop um at Max Speed Shop, my my previous employer. And there's a picture um with um Sammy Smokes and congrats to Sammy Smokes. He's getting married in September. I'm gonna be in the wedding. Oh, but yeah, Cal Ripken, he's got a picture of him with Cal Ripken is yeah, just chilling at Max. You gotta love it. That that helped bring fans back to baseball too, because fans were mad because I believe this happened in '95. I want to say that Ripken did this, mm-hmm. and in '94 they canceled the World Series, and many fans, like myself, were pissed at baseball for going to such great lengths of not coming to a labor agreement that they canceled the World Series, and that that was one of those. M- kind of genuine moments. Ripken's another guy that everybody liked. You never heard people saying they didn't like Cal Ripken. And oh, yeah. he, he started getting a lot of that that coverage. And I think he hit a home run in that game. Actually, I think he hit one in the game tying when he tied it and broke. I think he hit a home run in both of those games. Uh, I might be wrong, but I, f- I feel like that's, that that happened. But anyway, yeah, great, great answer. Because uh, I did that brought people back. Isn't that baseball park in Myrtle Beach? Isn't that still called the Cal Ripken experience? I believe, I believe so. Okay. Believe it is. Yep. Cool, cool, cool. Yep. Good old Cal Ripken got ties to the Myrtle Beach area. Did I get everybody? I didn't miss anybody, did I? I think you got them all here this week. I think so. All right, cool. Shout out to Terrible Pete, Hunter Simboli, uh, Joey Jacobs, Uncle Max, and Joey Gafkin for their participation in this week's choices of the voices. Scotty D, memorable moment. You first. <laughs> You know, there's a couple that I put the pictures up that nobody hit on, which was LeBron going home, going back to Cleveland, winning Cleveland a championship. Uh, Kurt Warner coming 
from the working in a grocery store to being a Super Bowl winner, winning quarterback, Kirk Gibson's home run in the World Series. Um, somebody actually did touch on that, I believe. Mm-hmm. One that the one that's that I, I had on my mind, um, other than the Jeter one, was Tiger Woods coming back to win the Masters in 2019 after basically being eliminated from golf relevancy for all those years. And then he came, comes back and I can just remember um, how exciting it was that he was actually contending going into Sunday. And then all of a sudden, Oh my gosh, Tiger's got a chance to win this thing. And, and he did. And the, some of the other players faltered ahead of him, hitting the ball in the water a couple of times. And he just didn't falter down the stretch. It was like, it was like old times again to see Tiger Woods uh, who was, the golfer of our generation, the, the, mm-hmm. he was Michael Jordan on the golf links to go through all those personal problems, physical problems. And for one weekend, come back and win a major, which I thought was never going to happen again. That was, that was kind of a too good to be true fairy tale moment. Be live. What you got? Well, Y'all, y'all, y'all know me by now, right? Y'all, y'all know where my heart, heart and soul lies. Um, oh, this is the day Dabo got hired, huh? <laughs> that, that, that is, that is the fairy tale within itself. Uh, he was the underdog. We, we, nobody knew him, but I could tell that story all day and day either way. But come on, in any guests, you, 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 you're around the area. It should be too. It should be very easy. Or what I think is the fairy tale moment when it comes to Clemson. It uh Hunter Renfro catching a winning pass in the championship game. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, it? Uh, oh, oh, absolutely. Wow. 100%. Come on, man. Not only did Clemson lose Alabama the year prior, Nick Saban kicking an onside kick. When does Nick Saban ever do that? Never. And that just changed the momentum of the game. Deshaun Watson had 400-plus passing yards against Alabama the year prior. Who has ever done that against an Alabama team? Never. But he did it not once, but twice. Two years in a row, coming up short for the Heisman. That, that second time, Lamar Jackson, it really should be. You should include the postseason. Because, I mean, a lot of people still say to this day that if you comp- if you put the whole body of work, Deshaun Watson was clearly the best player in the country that year. But on top of that, on top of that, going into the fourth quarter, down by 10 points, down 24-14 against Nick Saban, Alabama Crimson Tide. Yes, it's, it's, it's a tough go-round for Clemson at the time. But all Clemson did is does what Clemson does. We get back into the game, score a touchdown, score another touchdown to go up. Then we let Jalen Hurts run down the field and go up 31 to 28 with two minutes and seven seconds to go. And you the, the backs against the wall. That's still plenty of time. Everybody knows that's plenty of time. But Deshaun Watson goes working, um, completing a fourth down pass, com- com- continue to convert, continue to convert, went down the field. We're thinking, oh, Clemson's going to kick the field goal and go into overtime. But there's a pass interference penalty called because of pass interference in the end zone, which puts the ball on the two-yard line with one <laughs> – with um, I believe it was um, seven seconds ago when the um, play was um, – um, the play went off. And a little crossing pattern, a little rub route, 
No, it was not a pick. It was a rub route. And Hunter Renfro, just as calm as collected can be, catches the ball in the corner of the end zone. Game, set, match. Clemson wins its second ever national football championship, first since 1981. 35-31 Clemson. I got to see it. I screamed to the top of my lungs. I cried. Dabo Sweeney dropped, throws his um, clipboard, drops to his knees. Just pandemonium. Hunter Renfro is just cool, calm, collected. He's like, yeah, I do this all the time. He caught, he, that was his fourth touchdown catch against Alabama, mind you. He scored two touchdowns a year prior, two touchdowns of this game. This one was the biggest catch by far for a former walk-on. That is a Disney story. From that Myrtle Beach. A, mm-hmm. Yes. The heart of the Grand Strand. Sacristy High School. Hunter Renfro. January 10th, 2017, will always be remembered as Hunter Renfro Day. And <laughs> this, it, 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 that, that is a fairy tale and that I got to live, I got to experience. And you just can't, you'll never be able to take that away from me. And anytime you can take a moment and memorize it with um, Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On. I mean, Eddie Cool, what do you got? <laughs> yeah, shout out to Hunter Renfro, who uh, last season for the Las Vegas Raiders had 103 receptions, um, over a thousand yards, and nine touchdowns. And that might get cut in half by you know Devontae Adams, but it is well worth it. All right, <clears throat> Scotty D, since you asked me, I will say the 2019 um, playoff game between the Philadelphia 76ers. And the Toronto Raptors, where with the, yeah, where with merely a handful of seconds left, Game Seven, a trip to the NBA Finals on the line, Ka- Kawhi, Kawhi, <laughs> weird laugh, big hands and all, took that ball, went down the court, one, two, three, four, in the corner and let it go. While you were talking, be live. I was looking at some iconic photos, some award-winning photos from that very shot. You can see where the ball took a bounce, then it went into the net. Joel Embiid was looking. Kawhi Leonard was crouched down looking, hoping it would go in. Fred Van Fleet was like, oh, Lord. And Ben Simmons was like, I'm, I'm scared already. Bring on the water. <laughs> and that shot went in, and it was absolute pandemonium in the Rogers Center. And then after that, the, uh, they defeated the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals to win the first ever NBA championship for the Toronto Raptors. Now, coming into the season, there was a lot of talk about, you know, a lot of fans just blown up because they got rid of um, they got rid of um, fan favorite DeMar DeRozan, DeRozan yep. in exchange for Kawhi Leonard, who was injured, who was hurt, who got tired of doing things in San Antonio way. And said, and so Kawhi said, "You know what? I'm a fun guy. I'm gonna come to Toronto and play some basketball." <laughs> <laughs> Nervous, laughing all, but Kawhi Leonard hitting that shot, iconic. Oh yeah, one of the best moments in the history of sports. Oh, that being said, Scotty D, what's on tap for next week? All right, we talked about the NBA's Final Four. Each of them has a superstar. 
Which one would you take right now? Luca, Steph, Jimmy Butler, or Jason Tatum? You get to pick. Who, which one of those four would you take right now in this situation with uh, the final four? I'm not talking about the grand scheme of basketball or the long haul. I'm talking about right now. You got, you got your choice of Luca, Steph, Butler, or Tatum. That'll give us something to talk about next week, Eddie Cool. Tune in next week. We're going to talk about more basketball on the choices of the voices. Coming up next, a round of pepper. Okay, boys, let's bring it home with a round of pepper. All right, you heard the woman, it's time for us to go home and get what I call the hell up out of here. We got to get, get the hell up out of here before Scotty D phone dies. With that being said, it's a round of pepper. You know how we do it. Three topics, rapid fire style, kind of, sort of, not really, here to enlighten, engage, and most importantly, entertain. And with that being said, I'll go first. On this day in history, back in 1964, the first Tim Hortons coffee and donut shops opened in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada by player Tim Horton. Tim Horton is a National Hockey League Hall of Famer. He's pretty much done it all, but his life was cut short as he died in a car accident back in 1974. He was defenseman. He played for everybody from the Pittsburgh Penguins to the Toronto Maple Leafs, and he was also a businessman too. So he said, you know what? I'm going to take my notoriety and create a franchise. At one point, he was even selling burgers at Tim Hortons, but he said, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and sell coffee and a 50-pack of Timmy's. Timmy's? Timmy's. If you ever get a chance to go to Canada, like I did, um, go to Tim Hortons and get you the little donut holes. They call them Timmy's. And get a 50-pack of them, because if you get two or three of them, you're going to be mad and aggravated. Good stuff. Tim Hortons. There's some in the U.S. Find your location and get you one. Over to you, Scotty D. All right. Well, while the the uh, Penguins were blowing it, the bright spot of Pittsburgh is now the Pirates. Yeah. They won a game on Sunday and didn't get a hit. If ever there was a Pittsburgh Pirate thing to happen, it would be them on the opposite side of that coin. But they actually won a game in which they did not get a hit. In the eighth inning, they drew three walks and a ground out to second base, brought home the winning run. And the Buccos, who took two out of three off the Dodgers, struggling with the worst team in baseball, the Reds, get a one nothing victory with a key Brian Hayes ground out. <sighs> Times are tough here in the Berg. Be live. Over to you. A no-hit win from the Pittsburgh Pirates. Cincinnati, um, at least your football team went to the Super Bowl because your baseball team, eh, do better. All right. All right, um, let's take it over to a topic that I know that is near and dear to my man Scotty D's heart, and it is spring football. You got to love it. What, what could we possibly talk about when it comes to spring football? Well, I'm glad you asked because the fan-controlled football league, <laughs> you got to love it, had its first ever trade that was actually initiated by the fans. And in this trade, it was a three-team trade between the Knights of Dijon, the Zappers, and the Beast. And, mm. <laughs> and in this trade, the Knights of Dijon, they traded away the quarterback, Dontarius Yon, and wide receiver Isaiah King, 
and they received the icon, the Hall of Famer, wide receiver Terrell Owens and wide receiver Jacoby Herring. The Zappers traded away Terrell Owens and picks one to 16, fan control football league. They pick every single week. So they have a different, they have a different lineup, but they can keep certain players. They franchise them century to century. So, but to, um, Terrell Owens was a franchise. Fans said, hey, let's trade and let's make some things happen. Really don't know exactly what was going on, but it is what it is. They traded away picks 1-16 and 16 this week and Terrell Owens, and they received um, quarterback Jason Stewart, wide receiver Isaiah King, and they received picks 5-12 and 12 from this week. And the Beast traded away Jason Stewart, Jacoby Herring, picks 5-12, and 12, and they received quarterback um, Terry S. John and picks 1-16. and 16. The first ever trade in the fan control football t- um, football league, and there's pandemonium industries. I have no idea what any of this even means, but I had to report it because that's what I do just for that face that I see on Scotty D. Gotta love it, Eddie. Cool. (laughs) The ball seems so far away. Oh boy. All right. right, So let's take a trip across the pond, in the words of the Almighty Belaf, to Scotty D's other favorite sport, (laughs) soccer. All right. I said something wrong. How Scotty, do you, you'll, you'll love this yesterday. One. It's yeah. not about the playing on the field, but you'll love this one. Now, you remember earlier um, last month, I reported to you guys about something that happened in the USFL where a guy got kicked off the team where he got into it with um, with somebody about chicken salad. And what was it? Chicken salad and pizza. Pizza, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's along the lines of that forces there, right? All right, so a soccer player, all right, known as Marcelo, I didn't get his full name, over there in Europe, all right? He has been dropped from French's side, all right, because, oh, man, I'm bushing it up. I'll get it together. All right, so here's what happened. So apparently the team that he's playing for is not doing good. They're going through tough times and everything, right? So Marcelo was repeatedly disruptive with his petulant flatulence. Ah. Yes, farting, pooting, passing gas, breaking wind, cutting cheese, all that, right? So here's what happened. His senior team suffered an embarrassing 3-0 loss to Angus back in 2021, which which caused him to get demoted, right? So they're trying to have a meeting and everything, trying to be serious. But guess what? Marcel decides, I'm tired of this mess. I'm going to be a class clown. So during meetings... He's being loud, telling loud, nasty jokes, and farting. And guess what? That got him cut from the team. (laughs) So that's twice in two months where somebody got cut from the team from arguing about pizza and chicken salad. Now, passing gas will get you cut. I can't make this up. Scotty D, over to you. Awesome stuff there. That story stunk. Literally. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this Thursday, the PGA Championship's kicking off. Um, uh, the second of the majors of the year. <sighs> it's I, I, It's been years since I've picked Rory McIlroy to win, but I'm going with Rory because he's been playing well lately. I think he's due to win. And I also kind of like Patrick Cantlay. I like always like going with Brooks Kepka because he's having trouble off the tee. He's been kind of coming back from the injury bug. Um, but it should be exciting. Guys, you know how much I love watching major golf tournaments. That's coming up Thursday. That's all I got about that. 
Let's go, Rory. Be live to you. I got to go with Colin. Colin Moore, Kyle. I just have a feeling. I have a feeling about this one. Colin, this is your time. Mm-hmm. Colin Moore, Kyle. That's, my, that's who I'm going to go with. All right. Since we're on, since um, I'm Eddie Cool, since me and you are really enjoying irritating the crap out of um, Scotty D on the day, let's continue with it with another pepper point that should irritate the crap out of Scotty D. Um, well, as we've been, we've talked about before, really don't want to bring it up, but I just feel like it's just funny. This is funny. This is hilarious to me. The disdain that these two iconic heads when it comes to basketball and sports in general, when you think of like top players of all time, top coaches of all time, NBA, these, I mean, Phil Jackson, LeBron James, and Tate just clearly do not like each other. Oh my goodness. It goes back to when Phil James referred to LeBron James's friends as a posse and all this, all this, this ray and everything like this. But now there's a report after all this mess has been going on with the Lakers and all this team building and super team and all these Hall of Famers, future Hall of Famers and um, the um, the the L-A-L-A-A-R-P-ers, the um, old heads and what's going on, whatnot. Phil Jackson reportedly um, reported by Bill Plasky would rather trade away LeBron James and keep Russell Westbrook on the team. I may tend to agree, not necessarily with Westbrook, but the fact of trading away LeBron James, because LeBron James has made it clear as day that he really isn't devoted to the Lakers. He is, at this point in time, at the end of his career, his last little checklist thing is to play with his son, Bronny. And I don't think the Lakers have any picks left to pick anybody in the NBA draft, let alone pick um, another um, James on the team. Because it's clearly disarray between Rich Paul, LeBron James, their agency, um, Rambuses, Phil Jackson, Jenny Buzz, um, Rob Polinka, and everybody else that runs that organization. Because there's way too many people, too many um, Chiefs, not enough Indians. Um, but yeah. They were um, Phil Jackson would rather trade away LeBron James, keep Russell Westbrook. I say they need to do it because they literally have no future with LeBron still on that team. Eddie Cool, the ball. Didn't Phil fall asleep in a meeting last time he had an executive position? Didn't it? Oh yeah, he sucked. Oh, oh, he sucked with. Oh, he sucked with the Knicks. I ain't gonna say that he was. Yeah. Oh, it was. It was terrible. I just love the fact that they they, they, said Jeannie. Something <laughs> wrong, how I long for yesterday. <laughs> Go ahead, Eddie. Scotty D and B-Live, you'll oh, love I'm this one. Third and final pepper point. Um, oh, boy, the nature boy, Ric Flair. Woo! Don't sue us, Rick, because we ain't got no money. All right, so I don't know if y'all been seeing videos of him lately in the ring um, sparring with Jay Lethal of All Elite Wrestling. And um, it's official. And here's it is from the words of the nature boy himself, according to his Facebook account, all right? Ric Flair back in the ring for the final time. And he says, the rumors are true. I'm going to walk that aisle, style and profile. One last time, July 31st, Nashville, Tennessee, Jim Crocker Promotions. I will prove once again to be the man. You got to beat the man. Now we go to school. Woo! Ric Flair, 73 years old, with a pacemaker, in a wrestling ring. 
I don't like it. No. So let's just say that Hawks, let's say that retirement match versus him and Shawn Michaels is just <laughs> didn't mean a damn thing, right? Is that where we at now? I love you, Ric Flair, but uh, do what you do, buddy. Do what you do. Do what you do. Do. Don't, just, just don't die. Yeah, just. Um, just... Yeah, July thirty first, a long way away. Yeah. He might not make uh, it that far. Uh, <laughs> uh, every day's every day's a bonus for Ric Flair at this point. <laughs> Jesus Lord. Yep. Scotty, you on paper point number three, or is that it? I got one more quick one here. All right. Um, you know, one of my all-time favorite baseball players is Robinson Cano, and I hated when he left the Yankees in 2013 and went to Seattle with that big, giant deal. Seattle didn't like that deal either because they traded him off to the Mets. He played there for two seasons, missed 21 with a steroid uh, violation, and didn't get off to such a great start this year. So now he's got one last shot, it seems. The Mets release him, and he's off to San Diego. So I'm hoping Robbie Cano, we get one last little push in him, buddy. He's 39 years old. He'll be out there in that lineup with Machado and Hosmer and uh, very soon Tatis. Here's hoping that my favorite, one of my favorite players, Robbie Cano, gets back on the right track for one last go around in San Diego. Be live to you. Oh, man. Let me finish this off in style. With my third and final pepper point, you know how I like to do things. Well, with um, Lincoln Raleigh leaving Oklahoma Sooners and Jumping ship and going over to the um, beautiful, sunny Los Angeles and the University of Southern California. His two top quarterbacks go their different directions. Caleb Williams, I believe he went to, what, Texas? Did he go to Texas, I think? Um, Caleb Williams went somewhere. Spencer Rattler, of course, is with um, your boy, Zeddy Cool, with um, the Gamecocks, and they just they are really feeling him in the Gamecocks. They really never had a quarterback ever. I said what I said. Steve Tannehill, but, Stephen Garcia, Connor Shaw, but go ahead. Exactly. Like I said, they've never really had a quarterback. But there seems to be light in the horizon because um, their new coach at Oklahoma, you know, my boy Brent Venables, Coach V, Clemson, all roads lead to dabble. You know how I do things. He has a new quarterback prospect. And the reason why this is my third pepper point, because you got to love it. You got to love it. Um, he's a JUCO transfer. He played at um, Tyler Junior College. Um, he passed for his freshman year, passed for 3,115 yards and 25 touchdowns his freshman year. And now is joining the Oklahoma Sooners. He has a very good chance of being the starting quarterback. And just to let you know, Oklahoma really does need a general running the quarterback room, and now they have one by the name of General Booty. Yes, his name is General <laughs> Booty. That is not that is that is not a nickname. That is what his parents gave him as a name coming out of the womb. General Booty. I need Key and Peel back one more time just to announce his name. Ladies and gentlemen, your new starting quarterback for the Oklahoma Sooners. Boomer Sooner, General Booty. Yes, sir. I can't hear. What's what's that saying? He's playing a song, but be like, this is a quarter. This is a picture of quarterback General Boutte. General <laughs> uh, so, somebody told him. I can't make this up. I can't make this up. And he didn't. All right, <laughs> fellas, let's go ahead and get the hell up out of here and watch this last look, lackluster ass episode of Money That Raw. 
And with that being said, and in closing, do something nice for yourself. And if you can, do something nice for someone else. They'll greatly appreciate it now more than ever. And when I say be a blessing and not a burden, I really mean that. That being said, it's been another episode of the Sports Wolves Podcast. My voice will be better next week. I'm hungry. There's a burp, unedited. Be live. Get us up out of here. Yes, sir. <laughs> it's going to be all right, Scotty D. It's going to be all right. Free Brittany Griner. We got to get Scotty D an ice cream cone. Yes, something. Scotty D, what's your, <laughs> Scotty, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? I, I don't remember. I don't. I don't recall. Rock and road. He he don't know. See y'all next week. Sports Bros podcast. Love you. Bye. Rocky Road. Hey, it's Eddie Cool here from Sports Bros podcast. And do you want some more of the Sports Bros podcast in your life? Wait a minute. Don't answer that. The answer is yes. And I know you want some more of the Sports Bros podcast in your life. Do us a small favor. Go to the description box. Click our link tree link. And you'll see all the links on how to follow the Sports Bros Podcast. Once again, thanks for listening.